Good morning. This is Jeff Feldman, Food Safety EDU, Food Safety Education Services. Uh, here in California, the person in charge is a huge focus uh, and the responsibilities that go along with it. So part of the food safety manager certification is that you have to understand what a PIC is, what the person in charge is and is supposed to do. Uh, now, a lot of times they uh, uh, may not do exactly what's needed, but here's the guideline from the uh, health department, and uh, let's just put it up online so people can utilize it. Make sure my... Yeah, we're still going. Okay. Must be present at the food facility during all hours of operation and is responsible for the operation of the food facility. Well, that means if you have a 24-hour shop, it would have three PICs, or four, so persons in charge. So AM shift, you would have somebody in charge, PM shift, graveyard, like that. Uh, they're responsible. So if something were to go wrong, this person is supposed to be trained and is responsible and able, truly able to stop production, correct an issue, relieve uh, an employee for that reason, um, either sanitation-wise or health-wise. Number two, must demonstrate food safety knowledge. Now, when the inspectors walk in the door, they want to talk to the PIC and find out if the PIC knows what they're talking about. So here we are, um, what temperature is that refrigerator supposed to pee? How long can food sit out what is the temperature of the hot holding pattern, things like that. Now, this PIC may be certified and may not be, but so long as they can answer the questions. Here in California, the all employees now, as of 2011, must be California Food Handler Card certified, which is a little um, hour training online that you can go through. And then there must be at least one food safety manager certificate holder. Now that could be the owner, that could be the chef, that could be one of the leaders. Um, and it should be, all the leaders should be manager certified so that they can control their subordinates. So they must ensure that a person's unnecessary to the facility shall not be allowed in the food prep, food storage, or wear washing areas. So if family members come to visit an employee, these people shouldn't come in the back of the house. They shouldn't be allowed near where food uh, is gonna be prepared. We need to keep it clean and sanitary back there. We don't know where these people have been, what they've been doing, if they were out playing with their dogs, whatever. So whenever someone comes to visit the employee, we keep them out front in the front of the house or outside, and we send the employee out to visit them. So nobody should be allowed in the back of the house. We're, we're, uh, we're doing our work. The PIC must ensure that consumers are notified and clean tableware. Okay, I get it. So these are self-service areas, such as salad bars and buffets. So um, whenever a customer comes back, they need to bring a clean plate. They need to bring clean silverware back to the self-service bar. They can't bring a dirty used plate. So when you go to these uh, restaurants that are buffet style, the servers and uh, the staff members are supposed to control 
that flow take away any dirty plates and have the customer pick up clean plates and clean silverware every time that they go back to serve themselves. That will minimize the cross-contamination. If somebody takes something uh, that's dirty back to the service line, it could drip in, you know, their old dirty saliva laced fork could uh, fall into the food and, and then they pick up the fork, but they leave the, the cross-contamination potentially. So it's always best to err on the side of, of safety and have everybody just pick up fresh silverware, fresh plates, uh, and such. The PIC must report to the Environmental Health Service any employee diagnosed with a reportable illness. Diagnosed, that means a doctor has diagnosed this person. Reportable illnesses would be Salmonella, Shigella, uh, Entamoeba histolicta, uh, E. coli, hepatitis A virus, norovirus. One of these that a person's been diagnosed with needs to be excluded, excluded from the operation. They cannot be there because they have this illness. It's a considered a foodborne illness. They are now a carrier and they need to stay away until the doctor says that they're clean. On top of that, we, the PIC, the leader, we are required by law to report our employee once we learn that they have one of these illnesses. The inspector will want to interview the uh, employee, most likely, and the employee can't come back to work until both the doctor and the health inspector have cleared them to come back to work in any food operation. And that makes sense, doesn't it? That anyone who's sick carrying one of these terrible diseases that kill people, they could potentially cross-contaminate or contaminate the food. It can get out there. So the best, safest way is that you, the owner, operator, chef, leader, exclude these people who have been diagnosed and a requirement is that we're supposed to call and report our person to the health department. We will also exclude anyone who happens to have vomiting or diarrhea. So if they have diarrhea going, they're going to go to the restroom. They're not going to wipe up or clean up properly, potentially, and uh, they'll be able to cross-contaminate uh, their feces into their food preparation area. So the requirement is to exclude anyone who has, uh, is sick with vomiting or diarrhea. Okay. We don't have to report that person, but we do need to send them home. And they should be symptom-free for at least 24 hours before they come back to work. So on day number one, we send them away. Day number two, they call in. They say, hey, we're fine. We say, good. So we'll see you on day number three. So 24 hours, symptom-free. We must restrict anyone who has uh, any nose discharge, eyes, mouth, coughing, sneezing, hacking, drooling, um, and it cannot be controlled with medication. So if they're going to sneeze, 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 cough, cough, cough in a kitchen area where we're preparing and working with food, that's unacceptable. If they're doing that and they can take a medicine that'll control it, like some type of allergy medicine, fine, they can stay. But if it won't control, we need to restrict them. We need to send them to a different job. They can clean the parking lot. They can uh, 
take cash, even though you don't want to be sneezing on customers. So some other job, maybe in the file room, away from food completely and food contact surface areas. Uh, we must require food employees to report any open draining wounds or lesions on hands, wrists, exposed arms, or other parts of the body and ensure that they are covered with the required cover or glove. So anytime, one of the things I do when I talk to my students uh, in the morning when I walk in, I usually look to see if they're wearing bandages, uh, if they have any wounds, cuts, and I ask them when they when we uh, first get going, I say, show me your hands, show me what you got going, describe to me if you have anything, because infected draining wounds could potentially have uh, staphylococcus. So staph comes from the staph, S-T-A-P-H, comes from the S-T-A-F-F, -F. Uh, hair, nose, throat, open wounds, open sores, infected wounds especially, we don't want this draining into any food. So we need to keep it clean, keep it bandaged, keep it covered. If it's just a simple cut, we keep it covered. They go back to work. If it's draining, then they need to be restricted away from food because gloves break and uh, finger cuts fall off and that drainage could get into the food. So we're going to restrict these people from working with in and around food and food contact surfaces. Okay, so the law requires that any food employee who is experiencing symptoms of acute gastrointestinal illness, so vomiting, diarrhea, or who is infected with a communicable disease that is transmitted through food, so a foodborne uh, disease, is prevented from preparing or handling food or working around food service areas. Now, the health officer, in consultation with environmental health services, must do the following when notified of an ill employee. So here we go back. We were required to report one of our employees because the doctor has diagnosed them with one of these illnesses. So once we advise the health officer, then the health officer must exclude the employee from the food facility if the employee is diagnosed with one of the reportable illnesses and is symptomatic and is still considered infectious. So the, the reportable illnesses include Salmonella typhi, which is the human strain, Salmonella SPP, chicken and the egg that everybody, uh, and there are so many strains, um, but typhoid, Salmonella typhi, typhoid Mary, uh, we'll talk about her and, and what happened in the old days. Then Shigella, which is basically uh, uh, the dysentery, um, Entheamoeba histolicta, which is a parasite getting into the intestinal tract. Uh, e. coli, and then the viruses. We have hepatitis A virus, and we have norovirus. So these are the reportable illnesses as listed in CalCode, the California Retail Food Code, which is based on the FDA Food Code, which is the nationwide, obviously, federal code. So uh, having said that, every state uses the FDA as a guideline and chooses to follow it directly or they create something that follows it uh, for the most part. Here in California, we're going out of, I think it's the uh, FDA food code 2005. So our Cal code is based on the 2005 FDA food code and then it's updated. So just like the FDA food code, 
which is written every four years and updated every two years. So in essence, it's every two years, but the answer to the test is every four years. CalCode is also updated every two years. And so there's always new information coming in to us and our best advisors, our best people to uh, pay attention to are the health department, the health inspectors. They're up on everything in their county. Every county may be a little different as well. So it, it flows. Federal suggests or recommends these uh, scientific and, and uh, researched uh, information. Then the state chooses to follow it exactly or changes a little bit. And then each county can take that Cal code and then they can be a little more strict here, a little more strict there based on their focus, but uh, it, it comes all the way down. So when you move from county to county, so if you're a caterer and you go from one county to the other, you may have some different rules in each county of the same state because each one reads it a little differently. So check with every county you go to, uh, get the proper permits, uh, just protect your, your your business. Now, back to this health officer. So that person has to exclude anyone diagnosed uh, and with symptoms and still considered infectious. And then the health officer will restrict anyone from working with food, clean equipment, utensils, linens, and unwrapped single-service articles if the employee is diagnosed with one of the reportable illnesses and has no symptoms. So now they're just a carrier with asymptomatic, so no symptoms, but they may still potentially be considered infectious. So the health officer says, okay, you have to answer phones only. You have to work in the, in the file room. You have to clean the parking lot. You can't work with food, food contact surfaces, clean utensils. It's going to go in someone's mouth. This is where the health, uh, health officer comes in. Now, exclusions or restrictions ordered by the health officer can only be removed by a written clearance from the health officer. And that's based on what the doctor says. So the doctor says, you're clean, you have to go back to the health officer, they have to type up and issue a, uh, a release from the restrictions. Okay, If the PIC, right, person in charge, restricts or excludes somebody, then the PIC can bring them back. But if the health officer is involved, then the health officer have, has to allow the person back. All right. So definitions. Person in charge. The individual present at a food facility who is responsible for the operations of the food facility. Each food facility must have a PIC on site during all hours of operation and engaged. It doesn't say that, but the person, if you want to be in business, this PIC needs to be engaged, actively watching, teaching, training, coaching all the employees to make sure they're doing the right thing. Food employee. Is an employee working with food, food utensils or equipment or food contact surfaces? Restrict. Restrict. Limit the activities of a food employee so that there is no risk of transmitting a disease that is transmissible through food and the food employee does not work with exposed food, clean equipment, utensils, linens, or unwrapped single-use articles. 
exclude exclude prevent a person from working as a food employee or entering a food facility except for those areas open to the general public like the dining room acute gastrointestinal illness a short duration illness most often characterized by one of the following symptoms or group of symptoms which are known to be commonly associated with the agents most likely to be transmitted from infected food employees through contamination of food. 1. Diarrhea, either alone or in conjunction with other gastrointestinal symptoms such as vomiting, fever, or abdominal cramps. 2. Vomiting, in conjunction with either diarrhea or two other gastrointestinal symptoms such as fever or abdominal cramps. So, this is the sheet that I've just gone over from the health department here in California um, as a guideline. It's one of the ones that I use in class and we kind of go down the list and it just makes you aware. Yes, they're in the books. Yes, they're in uh, the FDA food code. Um, but uh, to have it on a sheet and actually go line by line uh, seems to be helpful. Um, remember, everyone working with and around food needs to be healthy and clean. And if they're not clean, then PIC, you need to pick up your standards. Because if you guys are going to be dirty, um, eventually someone's going to get sick. So clean as you go. Wash your hands. Wear gloves. Gloves also transfer bacteria. So you must change your gloves. Every time you move from one product to the other, you have to wash, rinse your hands properly then you put on fresh gloves. Then you work with a product, then you throw the gloves away, and you wash, and you rinse, and you put on fresh gloves before you move on to the next product. You can't use the same gloves over and over and over for multiple tasks. And if you rub your face with your glove, throw the gloves away, wash your hands, put on fresh gloves, go back to work. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope uh, it helped. I hope it was good information. Uh, this is 2019 now, and uh, this episode was done in 2015. So uh, a little bit of cleanup this time. Remember to go to the website and, and uh, uh, join the email list. And then on this YouTube, you can click like, subscribe, and share. And uh, I really appreciate you. All right. Take care. Thanks again. Bye now.